Good evening, everybody. It's episode 19 of Save for the Show show with me, Dan. And I already have my special guest on the show, rocking, waiting in the wings, uh, Mr. Lyle. Hello, Lyle. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm pretty average. Pretty average. Well, I, I appreciate your honesty. I actually meant when I asked you how you were doing, how you were doing. Why just average? Um, well, I'm usually doing average, generally. <laughs> that's that's true, right? You know, when are you feeling amazing? Uh, post coitally. Um, For how long? Like ten seconds? <laughs> I wish, man. Not even. <laughs> no. Just at that uh, at the moment of orgasm, and then it's a downhill from then. Yes. Story of my life. <laughs> that's 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 sad. I'm, I'm sad. Well, do you ever feel really sad? No. Uh, no, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not a guy who gets depressed or down on myself generally. You know, I, I'm that way too. I'm like a man of the middle and sometimes I wish I could be a little crazy because I think crazy people are happy crazy, but they get really sad crazy too. Yeah. We're, we're on a merry-go-round instead of a roller coaster. Right. I like that. It's a good, uh, analogy. All right. Well, listen, you're on the show again. I really enjoyed having you on last time, and I appreciate you coming on, my friend. You're welcome. Well, listen, let's get right to it. First of all, I have a little bit of show news. Now, be honest with me. Did you listen to last week's show? Um, I, don't, I don't keep up that closely. That's fine. I appreciate your honesty, um, even though I would have really appreciated it also if you said you did, but that's fine. So last show, I had this goofy idea that I wanted to get Albie Sure on the show, and I said, let's tweet at him, let's do that, and my super fans really did step out and tweet at him, and shout out to those guys, Ethan and Matt and, and uh, Mike, and not you, but that's okay, you're on the show today, so you're doing your part, but, and Jeff and, and anyone else, I'm sorry if I forgot you, but uh, he wrote me back. I got an email from Albie Sure. Do you believe that, it? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I had to look up on Wikipedia who that guy was. I know, and that's okay. But he's weird. He's not weird. He's my weird fascination. And he's going to come on the show, and I, and I can't wait. Like, I don't think he has any idea, really, what my podcast is about or what he's kind of in for. And I think it should be pretty fun. So... I'm talking to his manager now, which is weird, and we're setting up a time to talk uh, this week or next week. Those guys have no idea what they're getting themselves into. No, I, I think they think it's like a radio show where he's going to come on and <laughs> he's going to be able to talk about his new album, and um, I, I don't have any questions about that. I've already written down like 10 questions to ask him, and uh, it should be fun. <laughs> and and you're, not, you're not going to correct them in, the, in their understanding of... of the show at all well i told him i said listen i'm this is what i said i said i should pull up the email it was like dear i'll be sure <laughs> dear i'll be sure hi my name's dan i'm a huge fan of yours um your music's inspired me and uh, i i i really talk about it a lot on a radio show that i do i'd love to have you on or something and he wrote me back this email which my wife said this sounded canned it was like why didn't I have this fucking prepared for, to, to read right now? It was like, you know, much love, appreciate you listening to my music, sounds like fun, 
But then he gave me his manager's like contact information. He's like, contact Karen. And uh, like I slipped into Albie Shear's voice there for a second. Contact Karen and we'll set up a time to talk. I did. She wrote me back. And now we're like setting up a time. So the whole time, though, I did put my URL in there. He could have listened to the show. Yeah, I guess, I suppose. I Listen, I don't have any delusions that he listened to it and was like, oh, my God, I have to be on this show <laughs> at all. I'm sure he just didn't listen and it's just like, all right, I'll do an interview. He'll just take whatever he can get. Well, he's got me, and I'm excited, and it should be a real exciting show. Hey, listen, if anyone out there has any questions that they'd like me to ask them, feel free. Tweet it at me. It's really good. So yeah, that sound you heard was everyone tweeting at me right now. Thousands of people. Thanks. All right. F- thanks a lot, Lyle. I appreciate it. Let's move on. Uh, maybe I should have you on the show when uh, I interview him. <laughs> and he can explain to me who he is. He's my. He sings my theme song. You got that at least, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, moving on. So there's that. Real treat. Let's bust out. Let's bang out the real tweet treats before we get to. Uh, uh, Lyle's pile. My real treat, which is going to be probably you're so sick of hearing this, Lyle, but I have to say it is the Giants. The San Francisco Giants made it to the World Series, and I won't go on a sport rant here, but they basically almost got eliminated twice in both of the rounds, and they won like insurmountable odds and came back to win, and now they're in the World Series. So it's pretty exciting. How excited are you about it? It's amazing. I think you'd like baseball if you gave it a chance. I know you think that. Yeah. Well, you'd probably judge it too harshly because of Josh. And, <laughs> and the way he... I don't know what that means. You know what it means. It means Josh gets excited. <laughs> oh, Josh about... likes fit- baseball. Fuck this game. Well, not f- fuck the game, but like he's very animated about it and makes maybe makes it seem more bigger than it really is. And oh, he, he oversells it to me, is what you're saying. He oversold it. There's no way it could ever meet those expectations, so you just said, fuck it, I'm not even going to try. Well, I have very low expectations for baseball, so... Okay, well, then maybe uh, those could be met easily. You, you need to go to a game. Well, they're low enough to the point where I'm not really interested in trying it out. All right, fine. Well, what's your real treat this week? My what now? Sorry. <laughs> What's your real treat? What's the thing that you love so much? Have you ever listened to my show, Lyle? Have you do you don't know what the real tre- <laughs> you don't know what real treat is? I have. All right. Well, you haven't listened in a while, so I got this new thing that I do called Real Treat, which I'm sure you've heard uh, around your office because um, those guys use that a lot. But like, what's the one thing right now that you're digging? That's like something um, cool or an interesting link or band or music or movie or whatever, anything or tell me. Uh, well, actually, I have a, a couple, but uh, the one I have to talk about is I've been watching that show Community, which basically nobody is going to like except for me. <laughs> but like, I I, I enjoyed. I watched the entire series over the course of like two weeks, which is like three seasons. Wait a and second. And I, ba- I basically haven't watched any other show since then. Hold on. Like I and I'm I can't see myself ever wanting to watch another television show ever again. I I'm I'm shocked. I'm stunned right now. Because I would not have guessed that that would be your kind of humor. <laughs> Why is that? I don't know, because it's like, it tries too hard. I don't, I don't know, there's like too many jokes. It's it's kind of weird. Well, I like really dense stuff. It's pretty dense. I yeah, mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty much everybody that I've talked to you about hates it. And uh, I'm 
I'm accepting of that. No, I, you know, there's a lot of, it's one of those shows where I think there's a group of people that they, they're beyond in love with it. They absolutely adore it. And there's other people that just kind of just write it off. I mean, I don't hate it. I've, I watched, I think the first season or two and I actually kind of enjoyed it, but I, yeah, it, it gets a weird rap. It's already gotten canceled like twice and they don't even know if it's coming back. <laughs> oh, it's coming back, baby. It'll come back on TBS or something. Well, anyway, the the other thing that I was really into recently was I uh, I just watched Hearts of Darkness for the first time. Have you seen Hearts of Darkness? No, the, the Joseph Conrad book. Well, no, it's well. What is so it? Apocalypse Now was based on that book, and Hearts of Darkness (plural) was the documentary about the filming of Apocalypse Now. Oh, wow, that sounds cool. Yeah, it is totally amazing. Like basically, uh, the consensus is that it's it's better than the actual movie. The movie about the movie is better than the movie. Yes. Huh? Why is that? Because of all the behind the scenes. Well, no, it's because like the movie is basically about how uh, the production crew for the movie, including Francis Ford Coppola and all the actors and stuff, were basically like going completely insane while they were filming it, and like they're on tons of drugs and shit, and like it was. Uh, it was setting up an an analogy about how they kind of they were kind of going through all of the same stuff that the characters in the movie or really people who were in the Vietnam War were going through. Really, you know, yeah, it was it was really intense. It sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it was about how like Marlon Brando's crazy and stuff, and uh, yeah, he like, is. Like how for like the fi- the last couple of scenes of that movie, they actually they actually found some native tribe in the Philippines and like paid them to be in the like play the the tribe of tribe of natives in the movie and like do their crazy rituals and shit. Wow. That was pretty legit and I would recommend it. That is legit. Listen, I, I hate to admit this, but I've never seen Apocalypse Now. That's a damn shame. I know, so I need to get on that first. I don't want to see the movie about the movie before I see the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a really great intro to the movie, I suppose, the documentary about it. You don't think it would like ruin the movie for me? Spoiler alert. Well, I don't know if you can ruin Apocalypse Now. It's kind of it's not something where you're like, oh, that was that was totally amazing. It's like, oh, well, that I think I'm changed, but feel really shitty about myself and humanity now. Yeah, I've heard that about it. Well, it's one of those movies I know I need to watch, and one day I I'm sure I will. I did that with Casablanca. A few oh, years yeah. ago, and I just couldn't help but think it was stupid. Yeah, I I, don't know. I, uh, I really want to watch stuff like Dr. Zhivago I've never seen. I shouldn't say stupid. Yeah, in a movie like that, where I just feel like it's almost like our brains can't even... I don't want to say that movie, those movies are so simple, because they're not. They're like, they're beautiful, and they're amazing, and whatever, but, I mean, could you imagine like a 20-year-old or a 15-year-old watching a movie like that? It would... They would die before they'd sit through a two and a half hour black and white epic like that. Yeah, it's kind of the the kind of thing where it's like, oh, it's difficult to enjoy it without a whole bunch of context layered on top of it. But right. Like, does that mean it's shitty? Maybe. No, it doesn't. That's not fair. I, sh- I shouldn't say it was shitty. I-, I probably wasn't in the right mindset to really enjoy it. It's like anything. It's like you think baseball is shitty, but you're not really looking at it with the right eyes. And I probably wasn't looking at Casablanca with the right eyes. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think baseball is shitty. I just, you know, I don't really care care about it or ballet. Okay, yeah, sure. I, I really don't care about ballet either. <laughs> don't keep up on that. 
No. <laughs> All right. Well, it is your 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 home team, sort of. So that's why it it it's for some excitement in the area, at least. So, well, those are some good real treats. I, I appreciate that. And last time you were on, we did Lyle's pile, which you know before we did the show last time, you gave me a bunch of really uh, good offbeat things to talk about. We didn't really prepare as much this time. I wrote a few down. And if you have any you want to talk about too, but the one in, there's two things. One, um, actually just one thing. One, we can try to go faster. I know, I mean, I, I would say you listen to the show, but you don't. But other people who listen to the show know I ramble like hell. So I'm going to try not to ramble tonight. And you and I can kind of go through these quickly. How's that sound? That's fine. All right. <laughs> Good answer. Um, so you, you wrote me something about modernism and versus postmodernism. And I, and I wasn't really even sure what you meant about that or what you wanted to talk about just the notion of them and how silly they are. No, like I, when I, you know, first started hearing about postmodernism and all that garbage, it just sounded like some, some art major, like, uh, uh, psychedelic, you know, crap. Right. But the thing is when I actually, um, heard, uh, heard about like modernism, postmodernism explained to me in a way that, um, made sense and applied to the kind of stuff that I thought about, I was like, oh, well, that's actually a really valuable idea. Yeah. Like, basically that, I mean, how much do you know about modernism and postmodernism? Well, as it pertains to what? Just like, like everything, like art, music, everything? Yeah, kind of. Because, so modernism is like, uh, I mean, they're, they're just, there were all these different movements in art and stuff, but um, modernism and postmodernism kind of apply outside of just that art world. Like there's like the Baroque movement and a bunch of other crap that I'm, you know, like uh, just different periods of thought kind of. And modernism is basically, it was basically this idea of uh, like a deconstructionist movement, like stripping away all unnecessary pieces and getting to the absolute core of composition. Okay. And uh, and that was like just the the entire idea of modernism, basically. I mean, it had a lot of implications, but that was the main philosophy behind it. And then postmodernism, um, basically, it didn't ex- it didn't exactly reject that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it basically said, "Hey, let's just take everything that came before and be entirely aware of it, and then pick and choose uh, different pieces." Uh, to solve different problems in the best possible way from all of these different previous um, modes of thought, like right. so, th- there's there's some modernism in there, and there's some there's some whatever the fuck. So it basically, it spans that entire entire gamut of all of history, and just says let's just um, apply everything where it is best applied instead of focusing on um, actually um, actually implementing something in a specific style. Okay. And that uh, that applies really easily to art. Like the reason that there were all these movements in the past and stuff is because different stylistic periods and and people who are working weren't really aware of each other. So these things kind of became compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. And then the modernism thing happened, which was sort of unique unto itself. And then postmodernists were able to look back at all of that and say, uh, "Let's just use everything, um, h- however we think is best." But when you apply that to things like you can you can also sort of easily apply that to music, mm-hmm. like most pop music, like the the idea of pop music is fairly contemporary, um, but the vast majority of pop music can also can also be called postmodern because it's, in, it's sort of independent of style. The idea of it being pop. Hmm. I never I wouldn't have thought of it as 
I, I think my definition of postmodern, like like you like you're saying, it didn't really include it to to say what you're talking about, but that makes a lot more sense than what I assumed it to be. Yeah, and like the the way that I sort of um, learned about this, started actually thinking about it, was because there was a discussion going on about um, postmodern program programming languages and hmm. uh, how important they were, and when you um, th- kind of think about pro- different programming languages in that framework, it makes a lot of sense. Like Languages like Lisp or C are, uh, are kind of more modernist languages, and um, languages like Perl and Ruby, stuff like that, are very postmodern in their application. And the thing is, they're, they're kind of very consciously postmodern hmm. in a really positive way. That's cool. I, I, when you describe it that way, that does make sense. So, this this what discussion was just about how important Perl and and and, Java and Python or um, Ruby or whatever are important to the growth of technology or something. Yeah, it's just about the direction that they're taking the technology in and how um, we're kind of at, we're kind of at the point where we're able to um, uh, shed off the restrictions of the technology and just. Um, uh, get closer to abstract thought and um, just kind of use the best tools and kind of craft the best possible tools for the job. Hmm. That's cool. So what were you, what made you want to talk about it? just because how interesting it was or was that tech, the analogy that made it ring true with you? Well, I think that it's, it's something that's really cool just to be aware of in general, because I sort of apply it to a lot of stuff now, but I don't know how accurately I do. But like I just kind of think about it um, with a lot of different things in my life. Like like since I started thinking about it, I apply it all over the place, and it's it's become a very valuable way to uh, put things in context. I think. Like what? Do you think I don't know. Mo- mostly that stuff. But mm-hmm. like when I when I uh, like when I, it's it's a great way to discuss things like music with people, and um, I mean mostly art and stuff. Uh, like you can t- talk about it in terms of architecture. Um, definitely, definitely modern. Like I always assume modernism to be like you said, stripped away and and clean. And what's that painting? Mondrian is that what that is? Like the lines and squares. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in that shit. But so yeah, I guess I always just assume postmodernism was past that. Like. I guess still sort of stripped down, but I guess I never really thought about it as a definition, what it really meant. And I've been using it. I think I, I mostly use it to describe music, I guess, which I don't even really know what I meant by that. Now that I think of it, <laughs> I think it, I think it's a very common problem. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that's funny. Well, what do you, I mean, you start thinking about shit like this. I meant to ask you this last time, not to go like right into some like big, deep cliched question, but but God and like the existence of all that stuff. What do you, what made me think of this was when I was preparing for our show, I was looking at my Instagram feed and I saw a picture of Yosemite. Have you ever been to Yosemite? I have not, no. And it's like, you know, when you see a painting or whatever, it, you can't even prepare yourself for how cool it looks and how fake it looks at the same time. And like, the evidence that billions of years ago, these glaciers like carved the earth and all this stuff. And all I could think of when I saw that, I saw some lady who was saying like about God and God's glory and all that. And I just thought to myself like, no, this, this disproves God. Like this doesn't make me believe in God. It makes me believe in him less by seeing this kind of stuff. So that was my question was, it made me write down if you believed in God or not. 
Well, I really think what I think is interesting about that is um, I think it's so much less glorious if you ascribe those types of things to God. Like I, I'm, I think it's completely amazing the complexity of the world, and I've been thinking about it a lot recently. Like um, the <laughs> the ridiculous scale onto which crazy things that don't make any sense had to come together. Right. Like the fact the fact that all of the matter that makes up our bodies and all of those living things in Yosemite came out of there. They all of that matter came from the interior of exploding stars. Yeah. I mean, wrap your head around that. <laughs> it's such an amazing, like completely ridiculous scale at which, uh, the complexity at which these things were created and like saying that some higher being created it and is a great artist or whatever, but because he, made all these crazy trees and shit that's just that cheapens it for me it cheapens nature everything existence totally like Like, (laughs) it's just that's not nearly as cool no god no well the problem is people have imagined god as this old white man sitting behind a podium with a long ass beard like and because of what one line in the bible that said he were made in his image or something what does that even mean maybe his image is where he was a good person and we're good people it doesn't i don't think literally means he's a fucking human sitting in the clouds i mean that that belief is so ingrained in people that they when someone when i guess maybe jesus doesn't help that either because i mean jesus did exist but um yeah it, it does cheapen it it cheapens it for me too have you ever heard of um uh what's it deism is that what it's called? deism uh it's like Taoism. No, it's um. I think it's pronounced Deism. I. It's like I think like um Benjamin Franklin, like a bunch of guys like that believed in it. And maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing, but it's like the notion of like a clockmaker, and the, you know, not not to be like oh spirituality, but like, and not that it was a person. Like that that belief has to be gone. But this notion that there was sort of like a higher construction that did put certain building blocks together and yeah maybe the matter thing and all that did still happen but there was still some sort of like master clockmaker who set a clock and then left it alone forever and that's what what our world was um i don't heard of that i mean i've heard i've heard a lot of different theological stuff like gnosticism and everything that's sort of similar to that but uh that's I don't know. I think that um, belief in any higher power, like I, I, I can respect somebody believing in a higher power, but I think that whenever you try to like narrow it down any further than that, it just becomes like completely arbitrary. You know, like mm-hmm. the best that you can say is, "Oh, I believe that there is a some higher power that like is responsible for our existence." And if you try and like put any more pins into that whatsoever then you're just like saying arbitrary shit you know right totally well what do you think then i mean because obviously like the, the core of so much shit in our whole fucking world is religion and whether it's um people that hate ours and you know what let's not go there this is getting weird this, <laughs> this is not some philosophy show the show before this i was talking about like jerking off and eating candy corn let's keep it light are, my bad are you no it's my bad i asked you that stupid ass <laughs> question are you voting this season? Uh, no, mostly because I'm lazy. Really? You could do absentee and vote from home. Yeah, I'm pretty lazy, though. Yeah. Are, do you follow <laughs> politics at all? Yeah, I do. Um, do you... Well, I, 
Am I not allowed to ask you about this kind of shit? You don't care. No, you can definitely ask me about this shit. I mean, Mitt Romney is is on my my Lyle's pile list. Oh, good. We'll hit it up. <laughs> okay, you want me to just do that now? Yeah, uh, fuck it. Let's do it. I, believe it or not, we've already been talking for twenty five minutes. So <laughs> hit hit the pile. Well, well, okay. The thing about Mitt Romney, like I and I, I didn't really want to get into like politics in general or the election or whatever, right. but I just need to bring up something that most people are not aware of. Uh, Mitt Romney is so he's a mormon right right? but he's not just any mormon he was a bishop in the mormon church for like a decade Mm, okay and what that means is a part of that is that he was required several times at least to go through this totally crazy ritual but let's not get into that either the important part is that during this ritual he had to take an oath a couple of times and in that oath he had to swear that he would do everything in his power to replace the United States government, the civil government of the United States, with a religious Mormon government. So wait a second. So do you th- now every bishop of every Mormon church has to do that oath that says they would do that? Yeah, every bishop and a lot of the like fancier portion of the congregation. Gotcha. So, so you think he has an agenda? I don't well I don't know if he if he does but the thing is like he wasn't just some mormon you know he wasn't some guy who was just going sure. to church like any other president basically he was a bishop he was a preacher you know at for the mormon church for 10 years or I don't know a, a well, lot of years Hold on I mean have you ever been to a mormon service No I've not You know believe it or not I have I I grew up in Las Vegas and there's a ton of mormon people in Las Vegas and I, like I, I had a couple best friends who were Mormon too, and I went to a few of their their services, especially when those guys would go on their two year missions, which are um, awful. I should have one of my, I, you know, I'm going to have one of my Mormon buddies on, and he can talk about his mission and, and this weird stuff. And a lot of my friends were sealed in the church too, and had to do, you know, like all that weird shit they do in the church. But they'll they'd rather die than talk about that. Anyways, a lot of these Mormon guys are crazy, and they're full of shit. And so I'm not sticking up for Mitt Romney, but just because he was a bishop and just because he said that, I mean, the Mormon church is not like most other churches. Like you go to like a Catholic church and it's big and beautiful and there's relics and there's history. Like the Mormon church, their churches are like glorified office buildings. Like the church floor is a lot of times like where the basketball court is too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's very like a meager, modest church. And you go to it, and everyone is very, very plain. You know, the one thing, though, that has been interesting, could you imagine if Romney was Jewish? Like, or uh, what's another religion? Like, the Mormon thing never really came up, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like, you know, Obama can't really attack him for being a Mormon. Obama can't, but I mean, like, news people could, or, or idiots. Well, I sure as hell would. I know. Well, it's like between South Park and their their Book of Mormon show or a play, like in Big Love. I mean, Mormons have been like totally lambasted and given a hard time here. And then now one's going to maybe be president, which just seems kind of weird that it just hasn't. I think it's, you know what, I know it's his private life, but if he was like a, a witch doctor or something weird, I mean, people would want to know about that. He's basically a witch doctor. Well, there are certain things they do believe about, like, 
uh, the celestial kingdom. Have you you know about that? Uh, yeah, with like the planets and shit. Right, where I used to I used to love arguing with my Mormon buddies growing up <laughs> and be like, "So you're gonna tell me you're gonna have a planet, and yeah. what are you gonna do do on this?" So right now, this my life could be some Mormon couple's planet that I'm living on right now. I'm just like a figment of their thing, and they're just like, "Yeah, maybe." Oh, you know what they used to love to say? They'd say Dan or Danny because I, I used to go by Danny in high school. Danny. You need to read the Book of Mormon and read it with an open heart and an open mind and read it the entire way through and pray about it. And I'd be like, stop right there. Like, I'm supposed to take the book and read it and accept it and pray about it. Like, that's taking all of the convincing out of it. Like, you're telling me to already just do it and read it as if it's true. Like, that's not how this thing works. What you need to do, Dan, is you need to just be a Mormon. Like, just kind of start being one. Just like, yeah, just do it, stop drinking, and just move on. All right, segue. One of my Lyle's pile was going to ask you about drinking and that you don't and why. Right. Okay, okay. Um, so I, I, can't, I'm, I can't claim to still have a convincing reason for why I don't drink. Well, that's good. But like... I mean, I don't. I don't think that I have a really like solid reason for that. But like, I have a lot of reasons. I don't know. There, there are a lot of different reasons. But I think that one of them is, uh, and I, I'm gonna try really hard not to sound all high and mighty here. But like, I feel like alcohol is responsible for like so much negative shit, and like it's the only. It's basically the only. Uh, narcotic that you can use which doesn't just endanger yourself but endangers others and res- is it's responsible for like more death and ruined lives of not just people imbibing but innocence sure. than any other narcotic on the planet you know sure so- and it's just it's shit like that that kind of prevents me like if i was going to do anything like that i would i would probably just fucking smoke weed cuz you know that sounds pretty sweet yeah no you should smoking weed's fun um, you know, it's funny though, the way that you're talking about booze is almost like a vegetarian would talk about meat, you know, like you're doing, you're like, um, yeah, but I'm talking about people, not stupid animals. No, but I'm saying like, they think, I know you're talking about people, but I don't think I've ever heard someone say they don't want to drink because it's almost like a, a, a silent protest against all the evils that do happen because you're right. There's a ton, I mean, between drunk driving and abusive parents and abusive um spouses and people getting fights and yeah there's definitely a dark side to it well i think that i don't i don't want to call it a, a silent protest because you know <laughs> that's that's i don't i don't want to sound like hippie here or that that sounds pretty hippie man <laughs> i think that mostly it's about uh like i think it kind of takes that it takes it out of my control a little bit mm-hmm. like uh being out out of control is one thing but there's the vague possibility that you could be become so out of control that you could kill somebody on the freeway. That's true, but I, I think you're, I think you're thinking of it way too broadly. You need to think of this in more of a postmodernism thought. Okay. And no, I don't know, but I think you, <laughs> yes, there's people that overindulge, and look, nobody who drinks has not had that night that they drank too much and blacked out, or they woke up the next morning and they did something awful like that does happen but that hasn't happened to me in a long time i mean i think how old are you i'm 25 okay so i mean you're kind of like 
sort of getting out because like your early 20s are when the, the most awful i think drunken bullshit happens but once you get like a little later it's like it is possible to go out to tie a few on and drive home without running someone over or just find another way to get home or but it sounds to me like you just sort of you're not so much worried about yourself you just think because it's so many other people have a problem with it the thought of it just turns your stomach or something well i think that um I understand that it comes down to personal responsibility. Like, if you're a responsible person, then you can do this without, you know, without killing yourself or others. But I think that the the important part of this conversation to me is that part at the beginning where you said that I've had points in my life where I, I, you know, I went out and got wasted and I couldn't remember that I did something terrible the night before or whatever. Well, not like, that terrible. I mean, I didn't kill someone yeah. or rape someone. Yeah. But, yeah. but the thing is, like, I... I, I don't want it to get to that point. Like, I, I, I would not... I don't think that I would willingly do anything that could uh, theoretically lead to me um, being in that situation. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, you would be with your friends, likely, and they would... I, I, you're like the Hulk. You're afraid you're going to drink and, like, do something no, insane. It's, it's, that I, I, it's more of a... It's more of a moral choice, I think, than it is... I don't have a... I don't have a, a like strong literal fear of myself doing something terrible. Right. I think I think that I'm just I'm just kind of uh, morally against the um, the prospect of putting myself in a situation where I could. It's the same reason I don't own a gun. Yeah, I hear you there. Like, yeah, nah. that that's not a bad analogy. All right, well, fine. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to drink a beer and go see a baseball game. So do you think you'll never drink your entire life? Uh, I don't see why I would. You don't think you're, you don't ever wonder what you're missing out on? Like why there's a beer ads all, t- all day long and why all your friends drink? Um, not really. I mean, a lot of my friends do things that are fun, and I don't go to baseball games. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, listen, good for you. You know, Jeff, um, a guy that works with Lyle that I used to work with, he didn't drink for years and years. And then one day we were at like a Christmas party and he like came up to me and he he, like grabbed me all weird. And I was like, whoa, okay. Um, It was very out of character for him. And he like whispered in my ear. He's like, Dan, I'm drinking and I'm drunk. And we all, I was like really happy for him though. I was like, finally, Jeff, you're you're relaxing and you're enjoying drinking. Like maybe for you, it might help you relax a little bit, and you wouldn't just feel average; you would feel great. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I know. I, I I don't. I don't know. It's a very complicated question. That's just one of the reasons that I don't drink. You know, is it, there's not like, some like deep dark thing? Like, is your dad an alcoholic or something? Uh, I think he was, but it was before I was born, and like I was, I never really bore witness to that or anything. I probably didn't even know about it until I was like ten. I think everyone's dad was an alcoholic before they were born. To some yeah, extent, I mean, I was definitely born because my dad was an alcoholic. If that's your question. He, you were born because of it. Well, yeah. I mean, I was born when my dad was like nine. No, okay. My older brother was born when he was nineteen, and myself and my twin brother were born when he was twenty. Yeah. Right, you're people don't have sex that young and that quickly unless they're drinking. <laughs> yes, <you're> <laughs> and it's just really, really awesome because we're we're ten months apart. 
Man, that is close <laughs> as shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, here's a personal question. Do you guys all share the same mom? Yes. Okay, so, you know. She... My, my parents are still together and everything. Man, and they like to get down. I mean, dude, 10 months apart. Like, I think you're not even supposed to have sex for, like, three months. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't. They were told not to, and they're like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> they just couldn't keep their hands off of her. So, wait, they had... It was, like, it was like one time. My, my dad basically says that he, he got to he got to uh, get laid, like, one time over the course of, like, 18 months. That's hilarious. So, wait, so did you come first? There's twins or your older brother? My, I have an older brother and a twin brother. Okay, so your poor dad has one kid, fucks your mom once... Or whatever, and then has twins ten months later. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Well, if your dad, I, I, he probably drank through your entire childhood then, because that sounds rough. <laughs> yeah, and then so he, by the time he was twenty-one, he had three kids and a heart attack. Man, well, listen, when I, <laughs> this weekend when I'm drinking a beer, I'm gonna tip one to Gary Underwood. That's for sure. <laughs> it's actually Greg Underwood. But... Oh, close. Greg yeah. Underwood. All right, so. man, we went way too long. It's at 40 minutes. I was going to ask you, here, rapid fire. Boxers briefs. Uh, boxer briefs. Me too. Boobs or butts? Man, uh, I'm going to go with boobs. Yeah, that's tough. I go back and forth. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's all I had. I had, do you believe in God? And and then two awful questions about briefs, <laughs> underwear, and, and boobs. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> hey. So should I? Ha- I'm, I'm gonna have your your outro music be the same. All right. Cool. You know, now that we're like in a rhythm here. Actually, did I do that with Mike? You know, do you want to choose a different one, or you want it to be the same one? Um, do little thoughts by Block Party. Little thoughts by Block Party. Okay. Well, that's playing right now, and. Thank you for coming on the program. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me. I hope maybe after this, or at least during it, you felt good. Maybe even great, <laughs> and not just average. I, I think I just feel great all the time, and that's my average. It probably is. I mean, you're you're a pretty happy guy. I mean, you you may you're not like a middle, as in like ho hum guy. You're always pretty upbeat. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about my life. Good, you should be. It sounds like it's a good one. All right, man. And if you had alcohol in it, it'd be even better. Or weed. Just pick one and just go for it, my friend. I'll keep that in mind. All right. Please do. (laughs) Thanks, Lyle. See ya. Bye-bye. All right. Well, Lyle, thank you for coming on the program. I knew what would happen. I knew we'd get into it and and we could just chat. Hope that you enjoyed that one. Every time I record something and I look down and see it's 40 minutes, the naggy bastard in my head says, who the fuck wants to listen to 40 minutes of this? So really appreciate you doing that because you are awesome. Excited about next week or in a couple weeks or whenever I can finally uh, nail down Mr. Shore. So stay tuned for that. Save it for the show. Episode 19. This is Dan. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.